Welcome to the Open Door Church podcast. The following recording is from our midweek prayer and practice service. These services are meant to provide a biblical basis for different spiritual gifts and areas of discipleship, as well as allow attendees a place to practice those gifts. We hope you are strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by this message. What do you guys know about prophecy? No, it's not a trick question. I, I, I genuinely want to know, what are some things that pop into your mind when I say prophecy? Preaching, okay. Exhortation. Change the world. Anybody think of false prophets? No, wow, okay. Prophecy, the prophetic, even in a sense, I think, uh, I think there's been kind of this recent wave in charismatic culture where the prophetic has kind of been like, oh, that's a little weird. That's a little like, okay, that's interesting. And they, you know, uh, there's just different kind of labels and stuff that gets thrown around. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about prophecy, and it's not going to be a completely end-all discussion on it or anything like that. Um, it's just simply going to be an intro. And I realized, man, I have never tried to preach with a cough drop in my mouth. So pardon me. Uh, Why well, do that? Because I was distracting myself. But I want to talk a little bit about prophecy. Um, because I've had really good experiences with prophecy. And I've had really bad experiences with prophecy. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that. But uh, just to kind of share an example, when I was in ministry school, I had a man of God that I, I deeply admired uh, come and teach in our school. And, I, you know, I followed this guy from the onset of me following Jesus. And there was a prophetic word that was given uh, to me in front of the congregation that I was going to fail in following Jesus and in ministry because I refused to let somebody be my father. And it was, a, it was this call out that was just very specific. You know, there were eight other students there that all received a prophetic word and each and every single one of them was like super positive, super encouraging. Like you're gonna shake the world, you're gonna change nations, you're gonna, you're gonna carry the gospel to cer certain continents and these things. And uh, I was the very last one and he paused and he gave me this prophetic word that I was going to fail because I couldn't make somebody my father. It was really, it was really interesting prophetic word that messed me up for a number of years. And uh, I look back on that now, I'm the only one in ministry out of, out of those eight <laughs> uh, that received prophetic words. And so I, I say that not in like a cocky kind of way. I don't know, the Lord certainly used it, I think even in a sense to maybe keep me humble and keep me before him. But I look at that, and I want to let you know that's, that's not the right way to prophesy. Um, just, just, just so you know, so we, we kind of step out on the right foot. But I understand that there's probably lots of questions. There's lots of thoughts about prophecy. But one of the things that we read in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, I believe it is, or is it 2 Thessalonians? It's 1 or 2 Thessalonians. Somebody, somebody correct me here. Um, I don't have this in my notes, but is that uh, we shouldn't despise prophecy. It actually says that we quench the spirit when we despise prophecy. 
And so this is something that I think it's easy for us to maybe kind of put in the corner, the prophetic gifts of the Spirit, and say, you know what, those are something that, you know, we don't mess with, or those are something that are not for today, or something that aren't real, or even if we do believe they're real, they're so messy and uncomfortable, we don't really want to entertain them or practice them, and so we just kind of forget about them. And Paul actually equates that with quenching the Spirit. Did anybody find if it was 1 Thessalonians or 2 it was first, so I was right the first time. Shouldn't have corrected myself. Darn. But we're going to talk a little bit about prophecy today and what it is, why we should desire it. And we're going to ask the Lord uh, at the end of this, we're going to pray for one another. We're going to ask the Lord that he might speak to us, that we might prophesy, and that we might prophesy over one another. One another. Now, this isn't, I don't want to set anybody up like for anything that's weird. I don't want anybody here feel, feeling forced that they have to have a prophetic word from somebody. But I do want everyone here to be ready and willing and expectant for God to use them. Does that make sense? Because I'm not here to tell you that, man, God's going to give you the spiritual gift of prophecy and you have to prophesy over someone. But I do want us to be willing to receive from the Lord, to hear from the Lord, and if he will prompt us, which I believe he wants to, um, to prophesy over one another. And I believe that we are going to leave this place edified and encouraged in the name of the Lord. So this is what Paul would write to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I, I like, I like uh, the new international version is actually what I'm going to read out of because it says, uh, eagerly. Desire gifts of the Spirit. Not just desire, but eagerly, or some of your translations might say earnestly. But it says, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So we know Paul's big on, yeah, we want to speak in tongues. Um, but he says here um, that, uh, he goes on to say, um, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging and comfort. So we understand that the gift of prophecy is primarily used for the strengthening, for the encouraging and comfort of other people. That is the primary role. And it says here, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And so we see here, and Paul would go on to say that prophecy is for believers. It's something that he expects the church to practice because by way of prophecy comes edification. And so, and that doesn't mean that prophecy is all happy, that it's all good. Just because it's strengthening and edifying doesn't mean it's always positive, if that makes sense. But what we do know is if it's from the Lord, it's going to bring strengthening, it's going to bring correction, and it should bring encouragement, even if it is not necessarily pleasant. I want to I I be clear about that. But it's not always, um, it's, all, it's not just doom and gloom either. And so it says here, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like for every one of you to speak in tongues. Woo, go Paul. We like that. But then he says, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. And now 
we're not supposed to play like degrees of like favoritism and we talk about Christian plus all the time. Like there isn't a point scale on like how good of a Christian you are. But here Paul says, when practicing spiritual gifts, it's better to prophesy than it is to speak in tongues. And we know that Paul likes speaking in tongues, but he says even better than that, prophecy is something to be desired more. And so, because he would say, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So good. We'll talk more about that in the future. And uh, I just wanted to kind of give a, a little backdrop here for what Paul is talking about when we think about prophecy. So obviously, when we think about the spiritual gift of prophecy, I want to make sure that there's an understanding. This is different than the Old Testament role of prophets. Um, Many of you might think of Isaiah or Jeremiah or these spokespersons for God in the Old Testament that spoke the authoritative word of God. We have it written down in the scriptures and we understand that they were God's mouthpieces and what they said was authoritative, meaning that it was final. They were speaking on behalf of God. In the same way, the gift of prophecy today is still functionally the same, where we are speaking the word and the will of God forth with the assurance that what we're speaking is true and that it's going to come to pass. That is what prophecy is. When I prophesy, I am speaking forth the word and the will of God, whether it be to a certain situation or circumstance or to something in your life, I am speaking that forth with the assurance that what I'm saying is true because I've heard it from the one that speaks truth. But that does not mean it's authoritative um, because we only look to Scripture as what is final and authoritative. I, want, I wrote some notes here down because I, I want to be clear that the prophecies that are given today by way of the Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit, they don't add to Scripture, Okay. I want, to be, I want to be clear. Scripture is both sufficient and final for us. I mean, it is enough for us. That is, that is it. We don't need more than this. Scripture is, is pretty clear to tell us that, but he does give the Holy Spirit, and we do have this gift of prophecy. And I want, you, I want to be clear that prophecies that are given today are tested by the Scripture, Scripture is closed and final. It's nothing to be added to or changed. And I think the best way to kind of demonstrate this and see this is actually by looking at the early church um, and kind of examining, uh, examining how they viewed prophecies and uh, the apostolic and who had final authority. So if we read 1 Corinthians 14, uh, kind of jumping down, and if you just look at verses 37 through 38, Paul is continuing to talk about prophecy here. And he says, if anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that what I am writing to you is a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. And so the implication here is plain that the teaching of the apostle has the final authority. The claims to prophecy uh, in the church then and now do not have this authority. And so what we see here is the early church treated the role of the apostle as final and authoritative. 
That is why we look at the words in the New Testament from the apostles, from, from those that walked with Jesus as final and authoritative, not just someone that is operating in a gift of prophecy. It's important that we judge prophecy. It's important that we test prophecy. It's important that we don't just take anything that somebody says as final and authoritative in our lives without first submitting it to scriptures. And I think, I think this might be helpful in understanding kind of what I'm trying to uh, demonstrate here. Uh, let's take the role or the spiritual gift of teaching, if you will. No one would say that what I'm doing right now or what I do on a Sunday morning is infallible, right, uh, in my teaching. It's not final and authoritative. Um, it is inspired, is it not? Hopefully it is inspired by the Holy Spirit and hopefully it's inspired by the Word of God, but it is still coming by human means. I am imperfect. I make up words all the time. I stumble over my notes and lose track and chase down rabbits all the time. But that doesn't mean that it's not the word of God. Even if it comes through imperfect means, um, that it should be, um, we understand that I'm human and I err. And uh, that doesn't change the, the inspiration behind it, but I can mess up. I'm not saying I do that all the time. Uh, hopefully you call me out when I do, <laughs> um, but we know that there are teachers out there that I believe are well-intentioned that say wrong things, right? We understand that to be true. Uh, I've been known to do it. I know this uh, because I, I hope to think that I've grown as a Bible teacher uh, from when I first started. When I first started teaching the Bible, I had some interesting thoughts and ideas that weren't completely fleshed out. And I look back on now and think, wow, I can't believe I preached that and Pastor Dwight didn't kick me out of the church. <laughs> uh, because I, I come back through the scriptures and we grow, right? And we learn and we take advancements in our spiritual development. The same is true with the gift of prophecy, um, right? The source is infallible and inerrant, right? Being God himself and listening to the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we don't hear correctly, and sometimes we don't speak correctly, and sometimes the vessel by which, we, uh, by which this gift is operating misses the mark. I once had a guy, you know, prophesy over me, and I, I, he, he had this prophetic word for me about my future, about moving to the mountains even. And then he, he had this, he, he stopped and was like, and I see a little red wagon that holds some sort of significance and, uh, you know, kind of went off on this little red wagon and was convinced that somehow this had something to do with, with me. And at the end, I walked away from that, you know, I was like, man, that guy missed it. He wasn't for me. Maybe it was for the next guy he was going to pray for. But I just knew that, you know, that wasn't of God. But I didn't throw out everything else that the gentleman had spoken over me. And lo and behold, like six months later, I was here in Pagosa. And so there was a lot of value to that. This is where equally, which we'll talk about more, it's important that we judge prophecy. It's important that it's put to the test and we just don't take it willy-nilly and you know, change our whole lives because somebody prayed a prayer or had a prophetic word for us. Um, that's why it's always judged by scripture. I think it's important to be kind of judged within the counsel of the saints. 
Um, but it is something that we shouldn't despise. It isn't something, uh, it is something that we shouldn't treat with contempt. And it's something that is wildly beneficial. And so um, what I want to do tonight is simply break up into small groups of three or four, no more than four people. And I'd like for it to be, if we could just be men and women, um, just for tonight, um, where we're going to pray for one another. And firstly, we're going to pray that we would not, that God would soften our hearts, that we wouldn't despise prophecy. You may be here and like, I definitely don't despise prophecy. Give me all the prophetic words that you can. I still want us to be sensitive to that. And I want us to ask that the Lord might use us to prophesy, that, he, that we would earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, um, that that would be something that we would do. Simply just asking God, would you use me? Um, and then we're going to pray for one another. Um, and if God uses you to share a word with someone, uh, man, we want there to be a safe place for this to happen. And understand, maybe this is, this is a place where we want to practice safely. Understand that we're, a lot of us are just learning how to hear the voice of God. A lot of us are just now, you know, beginning to pray for other people and try to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. And so, by all means, we're not going to... If you miss the mark today, if you, if you pray for someone and you, you have something that you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for, this is not the same thing as a false prophet if you miss it. I want to be very clear with that. If you pray for someone, you have a prophetic word, and, and you know they said, you know what, that just actually wasn't spot on. It's important that we share that, that we're not, you know, that we're not spreading falsehood or anything here, but... You know what? It helps us learn and it helps us hear from God better. Does that make sense? And there's no really other better way to teach any of this than just to pray for one another. And uh, the last thing I want to do is make you feel forced to pray for someone and feel like you have to generate some kind of word or come up with something. I was in a school of ministry where they forced us to do this. And they said, you need to prophesy. You need to practice prophecy. And that's not something that I'm going to ask us to do. Um, I believe that if the Spirit is leading, He'll speak clearly and He'll prompt you. Um, and we just want to make room for that. We can't expect the gifts to be active. We can't expect people to practice prophecy. We can't expect these things to be evident within our culture and within our community if we don't create space for it to be normal. But what I read about in the Scriptures and what I read about from the Apostle Paul was that he expected this to be a practical uh, part of the Christian faith, of the church community, and it's something that we want to practice. And so there's all kinds of questions, I'm sure. There are things that we could talk about. That's all we're going to dive into tonight. We're going to continue to kind of discuss prophecy a little bit more, and this is going to be a mark of these meetings as we're praying for others, is that there's going to be expectation that God would use you, not the guy with the microphone, to bring encouragement, to bring edification, to bring, um, to maybe even bring correction. But at the end of the day, we see comfort coming when we speak what God is speaking to our friends in this room. Thank you for listening to the Open Door Church podcast. If you want to find more teaching and resources, check us out at opendoorpagosa.com.